launch out into the deep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. One of my favorite memories from my years in the seminary actually happened on a summer break with a good priest, Father Thielen. We would often visit, at least at church, the old church in Columbus. And, but one year, he took me to Hocking Hills to Lake Logan to do some fishing. I don't remember catching anything. I never was a really good fisherman. But we did see some pretty interesting water snakes. I do remember that very much. But Father would often write to me, encouraging my vocation those years in the seminary. And he would often write about this trip. He would say to me, push out into the deep and let down your net for a draft. And I always remember those words. And so today's gospel has become one of my favorites. The apostles were chosen to become fishers of men. And our Lord used this occasion in today's gospel to teach them this. They had been out all night, the apostles. And remember that they were professional fishers. They used all their skill and everything they had, and they were out the whole night and caught nothing. Well, Christ said to Peter, push out into the deep and let down your nets. Well, St. Peter, who knows so much about fishing, he had to make known his objection. And he said to our Lord Master, we've been out all night long fishing. We've caught nothing. I see no point in doing this again. But Simon Peter also knew from experience he had better just do what our Lord said. And so he says, but at thy word I will let down the nets. And reluctantly he went and he caught a huge draft of fishes symbolizing the many souls that would be saved. And our Lord said, Fear not, from henceforth you shall be fishers of men. Now, when it comes to our faith, to matters pertaining to the salvation of our soul, it's not enough simply to remain in shallow waters to look at things in a sort of superficial manner or to remain like a timid swimmer who spends all his time clinging to the edge of the pool. Launch out into the deep. Take a deeper look into the faith. Learn more and dare to go farther in the care of your soul. The apostles that night pushed into deeper waters. It would be an image of what they did their whole life long. They would push into deeper waters and they would view the soul, the immortal soul, their own and that of others, 
in the never-ending light of eternity. Their worldview was by no means shallow or narrow. They knew and they firmly believed that they had only one thing to do in this life and that everything else was subservient to that one most important thing, to save souls and in so doing to save their own. They heard those words of our Lord. What doth it profit a man to gain the whole world if he lose his soul? But how often it happens among even the, the best of us that we remain shallow-minded towards the matters of our salvation. If it does not profit a man to gain the whole world, what would it profit for us to gain a moment of pleasure, to exchange eternity for an instant? If we lose our soul, in gaining that one forbidden thing. Push out into the deep and you'll understand that this life is not about a moment or an instant or an hour. It is about eternity. You were made, and I say this to each and every individual one of you, you were made for the kingdom of heaven your soul will one day enter eternity and face the just judge. So as you know, there is no time to be shallow-minded and careless about the matters of the soul. The apostles, knowing this, left nothing undone in the matter of saving souls. As soon as the Holy Ghost descended in the tongues of fire on Pentecost, Peter, pushing the doors open, boldly went into the streets and preached the faith for the salvation of souls, and that at the risk of his own death. St. Paul, the greatest missionary of all times, left nothing undone. He endured shipwrecks and stonings, scourgings and persecutions, dangers that you could not even imagine, all for a soul. Do you take the salvation of souls, whether your own or your children's, seriously? Our Lord does. And he takes it very seriously. He wants to see each and every one of you one day in heaven. And he wants it so badly that he also leaves nothing undone to save your soul. He put all of his efforts into the saving of a single soul. He did all that he has done for your soul and he would do it all over again to save one single soul.
So for a moment, let's push out into the deep and recall some of the things that we never think about that our Lord has done for souls. I take this from Father Faber. He says, it was absolutely necessary in the present dispensations of God that God should become man, that the soul should be saved. It was necessary that Jesus should be born, teach, act, pray, merit, satisfy, suffer, bleed, and die for that one single soul. It was necessary that there should be a Catholic Church, a Catholic faith, the seven sacraments, that saints should be canonized, and the sacrifice of the Mass be offered, all for that one soul. It was necessary that there should be a supernatural gift, a participation in the divine life, which we call sanctifying grace. It was necessary that there should be given actual or helping graces to the soul by God. Graces which will go before our every action and accompany our every action and follow our every action to keep us from sin. It was necessary for that single soul that martyrs die, that doctors of the church write, that popes and councils must expose and condemn heresy, that missionaries travel to far-off lands, that the preacher preach, and that priests be ordained for the safety of a single soul. And Faber says, when all these preparations were completed, that soul is created out of nothing. And it is then that a guardian angel must be appointed to watch over it. All through that soul's life, Jesus must be busy taking care of it. Mary, he says, has a great deal to do with it, for all graces pass through her hands to our soul. It is necessary that the angels and the saints, all of them, must pray and take interest in that one single soul as they are doing at this very instant. Unseen evil spirits must be kept away from that soul and their plans to destroy that soul foiled. Saints in heaven offer their prayers for that single soul as often as, as it is tempted. And he says, the precious blood must be applied to that soul by means of the sacraments. All sorts of things, he continues, water, oil, candles, ashes, beads, metals, scapulars, must be blessed and filled with a special power that will aid the soul in its salvation. The body, blood, soul, and divinity must be received by that soul over and over and over again so as to receive nourishment. That single soul, your soul, can speak up to heaven and be heard and obeyed there. 
And that single soul can take all the satisfactions of Jesus and spend them, indulgences, and undo the bolts and all the bars of purgatory and set them free. All this, just imagine it, all of this goes into the salvation of one single soul. God has prepared heaven for that soul and taken care to give that soul every single thing that is necessary to get to heaven. That soul is your soul. There is no time to remain in shallow waters. We've got to push out into the deep. So away with all of that pusillanimity, fear of effort, the discouragement, and everything else that keeps you back in the salvation of your soul. Push out into the deep and dare, dare to save your soul, to use all of these means that I have just mentioned to save that soul. Everything is ready. God has given it all to us with easy access. There is but one last thing to do, and I speak to each of you. You must decide that you want to use these means and that this life is not about a moment, it is about eternity. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.